read from a couple portions of Scripture, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, Daniel 2, and verse 22. So, Lord, I just pray one more time, Lord, and we prayed, we prayed a, a bunch, Lord, and we just ask you now, Lord, to let this minister, Lord, open our hearts, every heart to receive this morning, God. Lord, though this can maybe be a deep message for some, Lord, I just pray you make it simple, Lord. You bring revelation this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us, hallelujah, and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. In Daniel 2, 22, he revealeth the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. Hallelujah. You know, when we think of encouragement, we typically think you're feeling down. You come and get a word and you get lifted up. Or maybe you're struggling in your walk with the Lord and you come to a service. Probably many of us experience that. And you leave revived and, and just full of God. But I want to bring a different kind of encouragement to you this morning. I want to present to you a gift of God and let you know that you can have it. Because a lot of believers, you would never think this, but a, a great portion of believers miss out on this in their life. Everyone has it to some degree. There is a folk tale published in 1930. Some of you might remember it. I saw it in a cartoon when I was a kid called The Little Engine That Could. Okay? It was uh, the National Education, Education Association uh, the teachers said it was in the top 100 books that they teach the children. It's to encourage them to um, to have believe in hard work and believe you can accomplish things. I'm going to just real briefly tell you about this. Again, I saw it in a 10-minute cartoon. It's a locomotive, and he's pulling a car full of toys, and, on the, and they're taking it to the other side of the mountain to deliver it. And as they get to the base of the mountain this locomotive breaks down. Well, on the other tracks comes this, this stately and big, huge locomotive. They plead, will you pull us over? No, they're too insignificant. He, does, he pulls important people and things like that, and he goes on his way. Then a second locomotive comes down, kind of broke down and, and just all discouraged, and they call out, and, you know, no, I, I, I can't do it, and he moves on. Then a third locomotive comes along. It's a little smaller, but he's all excited. and He just got to get out of the switchyard a little bit. He usually moves cars around. and They call out, will you pull us? And he says, I think I can. So he switches over and he gets in front of the, the, the train and he hooks up and he starts out, I think I can. I think I can't, I think, I can't, I think, I can And he picks up momentum. And he takes that car load all the way to the top of the hill. And down there in the valley is this village with all the boys and girls waiting for their toys. And he gets to the top and he says, I knew I could. Now that, that's very encouraging for the world. But that is far below the standard of Christian life. Our cadence needs to be, I 
no, I can't. I know I can't. I know I can't. Start off a little bit slow, but we pick up momentum as we grow in the Lord. Amen. And that's what I want to talk about, a gift this morning that every one of us needs to say, I know I can have it. I am certain there's many of you here. We all have it to a degree. You can't be saved without it. And we all have it to a degree. Well, I want you to leave here this morning living in this gift that I'm going to talk about. And it is revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I'll do this I know I can. It cannot be in, the, in our own strength, in our own arrogance. It is in I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It can't be in our own talents and abilities. It has to be I can do nothing without Him. Amen? Then we can receive everything God has for us. We can do anything God has asked of us. It says in Ephesians 1, 3, the scripture you're so familiar with, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I'm certain we haven't collected on what God has for us. We've fallen far short. I want those gifts, don't you? Amen. And it's up to you to take them. He's the giver. And you take them. And uh, we, um, this gift of revelation... Some people, when they think of Revelation, only think of one thing, the book of Revelation. I had a preacher friend of mine says, oh, I don't like that word, Revelation. Well, I never got used to calling it the book of Illumination. He liked the, he liked the word Illumination. I said, well, you're going to have to get used to it because it's in the Bible. <laughs> and I, I get Revelation every day from the, from the Lord. So, anyways, it's God's desire for everyone in here today to greatly desire the gift of revelation. And God wants you to be convinced you can receive it. I know I can. A large percentage of Christians do not have the continual flow of revelation in their life. It is, it is The value of this gift isn't even realized until you have it. And then I guess that's probably true with most of the gifts of God. But it's easy to forget that salvation is not the only gift of God. The Holy Spirit is a gift. You can't earn the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people do that. All of a sudden, oh, you want to be filled with the Spirit. You got to do this. You got to do that. And you got to do that. I don't know. My Bible teaches me still today that all I have to do is ask. Amen. And I can have the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's the same thing with revelation knowledge. You do not earn this. This is a gift of God and He wants you to have it. When... uh I was so delighted when Brother McGee uh, started off the, the conference with the revelation of redemption. Uh, it's always nice to get a little confirmation from the Lord that I've heard from him. Brother Lee asked me I don't know, several months ago if I would preach this service, and of course I agreed. And uh, about two days later, this message popped into my mind, and it's never changed. And I knew this is what the Lord would have me to speak. But the, Paul prayed, you know, in, in Ephesians, we always look at the, the Word of God, but when you, when you look at it close, you see these, Paul prayed certain ways for people. 
In Ephesians 1.17, he's praying for the Ephesian believers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's saying that he's, that's the saints, to the saints in Ephesus, that's to believers. He's praying that they will get the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know what that tells me? That that isn't automatic. Yes. Uh, you need revela- the revelation of redemption. Definitely. You need to, to see your sinful state. You need to see who the Lord is. You need to, 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 to see the kingdom of God to get saved. But that isn't a gimme that, that just going to flow in your life. This is something you have to desire. And again, many, many Christians don't even realize that that is missing in their life. It is something we are supposed to continually desire and pray for. Every, I have a, a prayer list of uh, everybody in my church, and every week I pray through that. And often in the general prayer, I pray that, that they would be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord. So God has so many gifts and promises and blessings for us, and he freely gives them. But some gifts God saves for the serious seeker. Honey, can you bring me my water? My mouth is getting dry here. Thank you. And he saves some things for the serious believer. He just doesn't flippantly give all his gifts away. Though he dangles them before us and say they're yours, but some you don't earn, but he wants you to pursue them. He wants them to mean something to you. He wants them to be something that when you get it, you really appreciate. Walking in continual revelation, I believe, is going to be the the last, the testimony of this last day's remnant church. This is going to be something that flows in the life of every believer. And don't we overcome, it says in, in Revelation, by the blood of the land, but by the word of our testimony. Well, I have a new outlook on that, on that verse, because of course our testimony of how the Lord saved us is powerful and and wonderful, but what is the word of our testimony? Jesus Christ. Amen. A revelation of Jesus Christ. And you get that. There's nothing that can shake you and move you. It might be a little slow. I know I can, but you still know you can. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But revelation is such a precious gift that God doesn't just give it flippantly away. Here's some reason, reasons why. It's very easy to get puffed up when you have a good measure of this gift. I was guilty of that. I thought I was something else when the revelation started coming and I look back with disgust on, on how I was. It's so easy to think you've obtained it or that you've uh, somehow gained these spiritual truths on your own. But God, and God doesn't give you revelation knowledge to be mean and impatient with it. And I look back again on, on those days when I thought I was going to set everybody straight. The Apostle Paul, we know he had such an abundance of this gift. You know what happened? He had to be given a messenger of Satan to keep him humble. When you have revelation knowledge flow in your life, you will, you can't help but get proud. So he's not, he'll, he'll keep back measures of it. From that, but if he does give it to you, he'll also deal with your pride. Amen? Amen. 
Let him do that. I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm not going to do that because I'll get pride, get proud. And I say, well, why don't you just do it and let the Lord take care of your pride? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Trust him. Amen. So another reason that he may hold back revelation knowledge is because you haven't walked in the light you already have. God reveals himself to you in, in special ways and he does that because he wants you to respond. And he wants you to walk in it. He wants you to be obedient to it. But if you're like, oh, I want, it, I want what they have. I would sure like to hang with them people. They really got the knowledge. Or you'd be jealous of this and that. And it's like, how can I give you more if you can't use what I've given you now? Amen. Instead of the, the, the man with the, the, the two talents wondering, you know, well, how come he got five? No, he took his two and he was faithful with them. Amen. Be faithful with God has given you. Walk in that. Thank him for it. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Amen. A real big reason is that the revelation knowledge isn't given is because saints don't desire it. And a lot of it is because they don't know they're missing it. And that is really the heart of my message here today is as you're, I'm sure some of you are already analyzing your life. Do I walk in revelation knowledge? Have I even realized that there is some? I want you to know there is. And it can flow abundantly in your life. And it's a wonderful thing. And when it gets a hold of you and you get a hold of God like that, you just soar in your in your Christian walk with the Lord. Too many saints are just content to have a head full of knowledge. And again, we already know, you know, I guarantee you, I mean, there's no way we can check out, but I think you'll believe me, hell is full of people. Probably to know the Bible better than any of us in here. Yeah. My friend, my great friend too, Daryl, he's not just your good friend, he's mine too. <laughs> he tell, he, I heard him tell this story again. He said his grandpa, every morning would get up early in the morning. Was that your grandpa, brother? And he, lighting, smoking his pell-mell cigarettes without a filter, reading the Bible every morning for two hours. Never knew the Lord took his life. This, the thing that makes a difference is to get a revelation of Jesus Christ and who that book is about. Amen. Some people don't get it because they just think they know it all. They have an unteachable spirit. Nobody can teach me. I'm the teacher. I've been, I've been a Christian now for six months and I got this all figured out. And uh, I got, in fact, when I got saved, we were, I was hanging with some guys a couple months and a guy was calling me a baby Christian. I go, I'm not a babe. I was like, oh boy, I proved right there that I was. Amen. <laughs> Some think it's for ministers only. Lee, you spend time with the Lord. You get the word from the church. I'll, I'll be here to listen and, and amen and clap. Some just think that you don't have that privilege to have that. Every one of you, every single, even young people, young kids, can get a revelation because that comes from God. It isn't something of the intellect. It isn't something, uh, an ability in yourself. It comes from Almighty God. Hallelujah. All spiritual blessings. Amen for all of us. 
So we all need help, not just ministers. We all need help from God to see what we cannot see, to hear what we cannot hear, to understand what we cannot understand, and to know what we cannot know, and that comes through the revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. Here's what this will do for you. This is what happened to me in 1997. If Christianity's been a little boring, a little stagnant, Jesus says, I've come to not just give you life, but life abundantly, but I'm not experiencing that. I don't even know what that means. Then this message is for you this morning. If there's just something missing, if you don't have the spring in your step, and the, the clouds don't look big and bright, but they look gloomy and whatever, then this message is for you. We think if we're not experiencing the high life in, in the Lord, that there's sin in our life. Well, that could be the case, but probably more times than not, it's not the case. Or you could be blaming the preacher or the teacher or your fellow brother and sister in church. Oh, they don't have the anointing that they should. And they're probably looking back at you and wishing you had the anointing like you should. <laughs> Amen? But anyways, revelation is what lifts the weight and bondage of religion off of you. Hallelujah. When we think of, when I think of revival, I always think first repentance. But revelation knowledge, there is, in my estimation, I'm speaking from being a Christian for 38 years. I've been ministering for 24 years and uh, 19 years pastoring, and I've seen this, and I've come to this conclusion just by watching Christianity, that this is the thing that is missing in so many believers' life. This is what keeps them from to, uh, at the point where they always need revival. And I like to just say, you know, you need to live in vival. You can take the re off of it and just live in, in vival. And that, <laughs> amen? It's through a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. And no matter how long you've been serving the Lord, there is so much of him, you will never, ever tap him. Michael Jordan, in my estimation, one of the greatest basketball players, if not in my generation. And as a young boy, he just kept on getting better and better, better, more accurate, faster and all that. But one day, only God knows, there was a instant in his life, he hit his max. And from there, it might start out slow, but the decline came. Praise God, that's not so. In revelation of the Lord. Amen. It's up and onward. Up. And more. And more. And more of Him. Hallelujah. It brings a fresh excitement every day to live for God. I got revived in 97 because of a revelation of Christ. And I never recovered from it. It's a disease or whatever you want to call it that I'm fully infected with. And I want to, and I want everybody to get, catch it too off of me. I want to be a super spreader. <laughs> Back in 2007, I was, remember, I remember I was driving in my, I had my uh, construction business. I was driving down the street. I remember almost the block I was on. I was preparing to preach a message about revelation knowledge. And this thought comes to my mind. It became my title. And um, that living in revival is by continual revelation. Yeah. I don't know if Brother Conlon's here. But anyways, he, he, he confirmed that. 
because I happened to be listening to a sermon on my truck radio or maybe had a CD in or something. I had that thought, and it was, I don't know, not even a minute later, Carter Conlon said that. And I said, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not the only one that got this thought. Praise God. Amen. But living in revival is continual revelation of God. Hallelujah. When you have this revelation of the Lord, it brings life to the Word of God. Again, I've had those times where uh, I wasn't very, I don't know, maybe 14 years in the Lord, but I'm getting to the point, like, I don't know what to read anymore. By habit, I read through the Bible every year. I even have a little devotional. Maybe some of you, I know Andrew has it, uh, with a reading schedule in there. But I um, um, got to the point, like, if I want to do some casual reading, I I don't know what to read, and I just, like, let it flop open, like, oh, I've I've really tapped this thing out, you know, and I don't know what to read (laughs) anymore. Well, then I experienced the revelation of Christ, and my Bible, all of a sudden, from here, got, like, this thick. (laughs) And you know what? Every time I read it, it's more exciting than the last time. Right? You know how many times I read about David and Goliath? You know how many times I'm reading and I know how this story's going to end? Well, I'm still excited to read it. Because <laughs> God's still showing me something. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, many, you know how many times it's happened where I, like, I have a thought about a scripture and one day I go like, boy, I was reading that wrong. That didn't mean anything like I thought it did. I hate that when it happens right before you preach. (laughs) Kind of like, I'll skip that verse. (laughs) I got to rethink that one. Amen. Makes your Bible full of life and makes it exciting. Here's such an important one. It makes you non-argumentative. I'm tired of getting in arguments going toe-to-toe. I mean, I'm not a smart guy to begin with, so it's going to be on a losing end for me anyway. <laughs> but through revelation, I, I know the truth. And it'll take away, and you won't feel the responsibility somehow you have to make. Well, we want to do that. We want to make people get it. We had a young man in our church. He got married. His church roots came from a church that had a little bit of the Hebrew roots in it. And so he was real obstinate. He got married. He was not going to let his wife. My sister Sandy taught um, ladies, and he would not let his wife go to the teaching because he knows what the Word of God says. And with that Hebrew roots movement, you know, kind of uh, taught him. And I never, like, sat down and tried to set him straight or anything. One day I'm sitting in the front church and we have a little body ministry testimony time and he raises his hand and he says, I was reading the Bible. And he says, I read about where Jesus, they said, your mother and your brothers are here to see you. And he goes, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Those that do the will of my father. And it da- right there it clicked. It's like, oh yeah, Jesus considered his brothers and sisters, you know, the older ones, mothers, and mothers teach. And just like that, he just said, he, he let his wife go. And, I, uh, and I, I sat there in the front row. He's sitting over there, and I'm here, and I go, I said to myself, there's nobody that can teach like the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what? As preachers and teachers, we bring the word 
what we're supposed to bring. We seek the Lord. And, it, you know, I've learned it's not my duty to make you get it. It's his duty. I, of course, I want to try to talk plain and simple and keep things simple. That's kind of my style. But it's up to him to bring the increase. We cannot forget that. Amen. Another thing is it makes us effective for the work of God. The apostles were never cut loose until they had a revelation of Jesus Christ. Even up to the crucifixion and all, and even a little after, they still weren't getting it. But I'm thinking on the day of Pentecost, they got it. (laughs) They got everything they needed to know. They were missing that element of that baptism of the the Holy Spirit. And even after my revelation that I had in 97, it wasn't long after that, the call of God came. I would have been useless if I didn't have the revelation of God flowing in my life. Galatians 1, 15-16 says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me through His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him amongst the Gentiles. See, we're not preaching a Bible. We're preaching Him. Amen? We're not just preaching a bunch of words. We're preaching Him. When you get revelation knowledge, it'll guard you against wolves and false prophets. You won't fall for all of this nonsense that's going out there that many Christians have caved in and lost their faith because they're listening to the false prophets out there. If they'd have some revelation knowledge, they wouldn't have fell for it to begin with. And the last point I want to make is there's no better way to be delivered from the letter of the law, which kills, than to come face to face with the living word. Amen. You know, I get in trouble for saying things like this, but your Bible is, is no good to you unless the Spirit opens your eyes to it. Amen? Amen? Revelation is what makes you see Jesus in the pages of your Bible instead of just black and red font. There is a huge contrast between the red letters of Jesus and the knowledge of the living Jesus. It's good that you know your red letters. I know, who, I know him who spoke them. Amen. You know, atheists don't bother me at all. They don't believe in God. Well, of course you don't. You don't know him. I do. <laughs> you can't tell me there's no God. I know him. That's like trying to tell me I don't, I don't have a wife. You know, just because they don't see her. Never in my life have I ever given a hint or a suggestion for any Christian to disregard their Bible. I'm not demoting it at all. I'm elevating it. Amen. Jesus is in the pages of your Bible. I preach, let your Bible be filled with the life of Jesus and see him in every page. So I want you to understand first that revelation, the revelation of Christ is for you. Every one of you. And even the young kids. That's my style, the kids in the service. I like that. I'm glad they're in here. Some of them get saved as young. We have little ones come up to the altar and, and we had... I think last year, I think we baptized something like maybe 12 to 15 children under 12. They're just coming to the Lord. Isn't it awesome? But Christians struggle with exposing their heart to God. And then when they finally do, they feel such a huge release. I've really been open and honest with God. But you know what? They stop there. And they never let God be open and not, you know, speak into their heart and shed his love on them. They want, Moses, you go to the tabernacle. We're fine here worshiping 
by our tents. But they never realize God wants to open his heart to them. And that's how he does it. It's through revelation of Jesus Christ on a daily basis in your life. I personally have discovered there's nothing that makes me feel more special to God than when he tells me and shows me his secrets. Amen. My wife and I have little secrets that nobody else knows. And it's an amazing thing that God can make you feel like you are the only one. That is an incredible thing that you feel like you alone are so special to God. Well, Chrissy's thinking the same thing. And his brother's thinking the same thing. Brother Lon and his daughters, they're all thinking I'm so special to God. He can do that. I don't know how he does it. He's God. <laughs> we all feel special. And when, he, when that revelation knowledge flows in your life, you can't help think, oh God, I'm so special to you. That will lift you up every single day. And don't be too quick to assume that everybody needs to hear your revelation. Look at what happened to Joseph when he told his dream. <laughs> How do you receive this revelation? Through Jesus Christ. The deep things and the secret things of God are unlocked to us only in one person. Jesus Christ. There's no other way to get it. Amen. You can study that Bible up and I love the Word of God again. I'm not demoting it. I'm elevated, but you can study it up and down and back and forth from the back to the front, front to the back, and still be, be missing out. Still doesn't guarantee you have it. You get it through, through Jesus Christ. You get it from God, God the Father giving it to you through the Spirit. He has purchased more than our salvation but has made it possible for us to obtain deep insight into God and His kingdom. And I guess we'll be learning that for all eternity. Amen? And then, you know what? You have to go to Him as babes. Revelation is not for the wise and the prudent. And if you are wise and you're prudent, that's okay. Just go to Him as a babe. Faith is a babe. Amen? Trust Him like a little child does. Ask Him like a little child does, and He'll give it to you. You don't have to have years of serving the Lord before a flow of revelation comes to you. And you don't have to be mature before you receive it. That's what actually makes you mature. And you need to be around it. You need to be around churches just like this, who have a pastor and saints who flow in revelation knowledge. One word of warning as I bring this to an end here. And don't force revelation. A great preacher friend of mine, Terry Eddings, he's gone to be with the Lord. He said that to me once, and I immediately got what he meant by that. You get, you get it on a verse, and you're going to try to figure it out, or you're going to look at this because you're going to battle somebody and, and show them, and you're trying to figure this out and figure that out, and you just can't get off of it. I just tell the church, you know, if you don't get it, and you ask the Lord, and you look at it a little bit, and study a little bit, and you don't get it, you know what, move on, there's more to read. Maybe next time around. <laughs> you'll get it. Or maybe somebody will preach something like, oh yeah, I get it now. <laughs> so, but that's where false teachings come from. Trying to make, get something. Out of, let the Lord teach you. Amen. Surround yourself with great Bible teachers and preachers. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm totally for that. It's wonderful. But again, it's the Spirit. That's gonna, it's the Spirit right now. And, that, and thank you. So many people, so many of you told me you are praying for me. I'm like, I, I can't fail. I bet you 50 people said they're praying for me. Amen? <laughs> but it's the Holy Spirit. If you're getting this, it's because the Holy Spirit made you get it. 
And if you don't get it, the altar is going to be open and you can come up and ask the Lord to give it to you. So revelation must continue in your life. When mediocrity and complacency settle in, a fresh revelation of Christ will crush that. Guaranteed. I'm a witness of it. Again, I have not recovered. <laughs> recovered from it. I don't plan on it. I want to just get more sick. Amen. When a, when a Christian gets back under bondage, a fresh revelation will bring liberty to your life. You may be a good church member, but if you lack continual revelation of Christ, you will be mediocre at best. Before revelation, Jesus was known as the son of a carpenter and the son of Mary. He was a prophet and a teacher. After revelation, knowledge, he was the son of the living God. Amen. Before the revelation of Christ, he was seen as an earthly king. After the revelation of Christ, he was seen as the eternal heavenly king. Before revelation of Christ, he was a redeemer of Israel. After the revelation of Christ, he was a redeemer of all souls. Praise God. We got included in that. Okay, okay, Carlos. And before the revelation of Christ, all you could see was the kingdom of Satan in this world. After the revelation of Christ, you could see the kingdom of God. Ask Carla if you knew this, this old, and the altars are open. You need what I'm talking about. You need a revival in your life. You can say, I haven't had this, what, he's, what brother's talking about. This constant revelation. It isn't like it's there 24-7, but God's just speaking to you, showing you things. When you're reading, when you're not reading, when you're working or when you're in church, everything in between, he will give it to you. And it's so coarse. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. So let that be more than a song. Let it be a prayer. The altar's open. If you want any of us pastors here to pray for you, we are, we will do that as well. But again, it's the Spirit that gives it to you. It's God that teaches you.